we just don't know how to build and cultivate to grow trust. So much of that, Anthony, is this will seem so common sense. It's not common practice. It's staying connected with our listeners that anytime we're speaking, whether it's here virtual or if it's in person, you only speak when you're connecting with a pair of eyes. Have you ever noticed that some of the best ideas come from unexpected places? Your next breakthrough may come from a leader facing similar challenges, but in a completely different sector. Welcome to Chief Influencer. I'm your host, Anthony Shop. Join us as we explore how today's successful leaders inspire, influence, and connect with others. Chief Influencer is a production of Social Driver and the Communications Board, who have teamed up to spotlight how great leaders and communicators are making their impact in the world. This episode is brought to you by the George Washington University's College of Professional Studies. With in-person and online programs, ranging from master's degrees in public relations strategy to certificate programs in digital communications, GW offers more than just the credentials to help working professionals get ahead. It prepares them to be leaders in their field. As a proud GW graduate myself, I can attest that faculty members combine academic rigor with real-world lessons that can't always be found in textbooks. Check out cps.gwu.edu for more information. Today, our guest is Stacy Hunky, and you will quickly understand why she's here with us. Stacy is the author of two books, Influence Redefined, Be the Leader You Were Meant to Be, Monday to Monday, and Yes, You Can, Everything You Need to Know from A to Z to Influence Others to Take Action. Stacy is hands down the go-to expert when it comes to influencing others. She's helped thousands of business leaders get rid of bad body language habits and choose their words wisely. We're talking leaders from Coca-Cola, FedEx, the U.S. Army, Navy, Air Force, McDonald's, Nationwide, Pfizer, GE, General Mills, the list goes on and on. Stacy was inducted into the National Speakers Association CPAE Speaker Hall of Fame in 2022, and this is a distinction that fewer than 200 people have received. She and her team at Stacy Hunky Inc. help leaders communicate with influence Monday to Monday. I absolutely love that line. We're going to talk about it. Stacy, I am thrilled that you could join us today. Welcome to Chief Influencer. Wow, I'm the one that's thrilled. Thank you so much for trusting me with your followers. Well, I have to tell you, I absolutely loved your book, Influence Redefined. I listened to it. You did an incredible job narrating it, which is a skill in and of itself. And to start, I wondered if you could just tell us what you mean when you say communicate with influence Monday to Monday. That's always a really good place to start, Anthony, because everyone always asks about that. It ties to how we define influence, my team and I. The body language and messaging, they need to be consistent Monday to Monday. For example, now in the hybrid world that we live, if I show up one way here and then you meet me in person and I'm completely different, there's an issue. There's an issue around authenticity, trust, credibility, confidence, the list goes on. That's one side of it. The other side of Monday to Monday, for example, I'll get real granular here. If you are really good about looking people dead in the eyes and communicating that you're listening through your eyes, that you've got purpose with every conversation here, then when you are talking one-on-one in person, there's a lot of this going on. And suddenly, if you do it enough, people are wondering, 
which Anthony is going to show up today. So like an athlete, anyone that really focuses on that whole idea of muscle memory, influence, communicating with influence is the same way that you need to either be all in or all out, or you start messing with your level of authenticity, the trust people have with you because they're constantly guessing who's showing up today. Yeah, I think that's such a good reminder. And I really love this example that you gave in the book. And I'm wondering if you could talk about it. You had interacted with somebody on text message and then you were kind of surprised at the difference in person. Yes. It hit home for me. I was I was thinking, oh my gosh, am I doing this? So can you talk about that? Yeah, it probably hit home for you because you can relate. It, the same situation I'm guessing happened to you and probably happened to all your followers. It was a client of mine. I had never, this was pre all this Zoom powerful technology that we have. I had met this individual via phone. They were bringing me in for an event. She would send me text messages leading to the event. And it was really short, really abrupt. And suddenly this was so consistent with even how she would come across over the phone conversations. I thought, I don't know if this is the right fit. I'm just not feeling any empathy or welcome that they want me to come to this event. Walk into the conference room, ready to do dress rehearsal. She comes over by me. She gives me a big hug. She's all smiles. She's probably the sweetest person I had met in a while. And I thought, what? Like, is, is this the same? I double check, right? Is this the same person that I just talked to and sent me the text? No kidding. It was an awesome experience in person. We are, I'm heading then back to the airport and I had forgotten something at the event. So I sent her a text message <laughs> and her response was exactly as abrupt as it had been prior to me meeting her. It, it causes an issue when there's so many ways that we can connect now within the amount of noise that we've created over the past three years, it's more difficult than ever before to be consistent with how we communicate with influence Monday to Monday. You know, that that example where it really hit home for me was thinking about, you know, we use Slack for internal communications and thinking about, you know, sometimes you're in a hurry and you just want to get somebody an answer, right? but it might seem like you're mad or frustrated. And, you know, the Monday to Monday idea is we're not just talking about the outside world. We're also talking about the people on your own team, right? Yes, completely. And hey, we are all a work in progress. Me as well. A lot of my research comes just from some of the crazy stuff that I do. And in the past, my team would say to me, you send me this email and you you think we can read your mind. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I, I think you can hear it and see it. There's little things with big rewards of before I just shoot something off. There's always that looking back at that text or looking back at the email before I quickly send it. And I get it. I get it. We're distracted. We have so many things being thrown at us. It comes back down to Anthony is the one thing we all have a lot of control around is our personal brand. It's how we show up, whether it's non-verbally here, whether it's a, a message through text or social media. There's, there's a certain level of control over that. We've just gotten into this world of shoot it off, get it off my list. I am done without taking a moment to think about how people perceive you, how many times you make them change that perception will always determine 
the results that you get, the performance that you live up to, the profit that you make, the people in your circle. When we look at it that way, Anthony, you start to realize how this idea of communicating with influence, it's the core to everything, everything that we do personally and professionally. Absolutely. Stacey, when you're the expert in influence, the the pressure is on. <laughs> and I'm wondering what's what's the most important thing that you have to do to influence the leaders you work with? Yeah, yeah. Be- before I go right to that answer, I always tell even my clients, fall fast. In other words, fail fast, get up pretty quick, and then just learn from what you tripped over so you don't do it again, right? But that's exactly it. I I share with my team and I, we cannot be talking about brevity. We don't have it. We cannot be talking about how do you build trust by giving purpose with how you look at someone and connect. We can't do it. That's probably the highest risk is when I am mentoring an executive or I'm up on a stage delivering a keynote and telling individuals, record yourself to get immediate feedback. Ask for constructive feedback. And here's how you do it. I need to be practicing what I preach because I realize I, the integrity that I have, I cannot tell you to go get an accountability partner. Here's how you're going to ask for feedback. And I am never doing it. The tough part about communicating with influence Monday to Monday, there's not a destination. There is never an end and you are done. You, you drop the mic and you are done. It's enjoy the journey. <laughs> Enjoy the journey. Don't even bother focusing on the destination. And it, I think it gets you, I don't want to say comfortable. It gets you into more of a habit forming behavior of, I need to be constantly working on this. I need to be constantly thinking about the mistakes I make because you'll make mistakes. It's a good thing. You know that you're trying something different. It's learning from it though. And then being okay with it. I think that's such a great reminder that it's not a destination, that it's a journey. And, you know, you can have wins along the way, but there's not a, a, a you know, an, an end point necessarily. Right. I know for you, you are really passionate about this work. You have done this yeah. for a long time. You've worked with so many leaders. Can you share a little bit about um, the impact that it has when you expand your influence and, and maybe even have some examples from leaders you've worked with about how this has made a difference in their lives. Yes. The, the one that is probably the most frequent request is we will get a message from a leader that's ready to be the next CFO, the next CEO, a, a big, big step. The conversation is they've worked hard, which is true. They've worked hard to be this leader, to be in this position. They're super, super smart. I hear that a lot. They're so knowledgeable. They're really good with the relationships. However, and here the shoe drops. Mm -hmm. However, they can't get to the point. When they're communicating to our board, they lose the entire board. They They never adapt their message on the fly. It's all about them and the facts. They never think about their listeners' why. That starts to pile up. We'll spend time mentoring with them. And I, I always tease individuals when they ask me this request, I'm going for this promotion. Can you promise me that your material works and I'll get promoted? And my response, Anthony, is the only thing I can tell you right now is don't ruin my track record. If you are going to do the work, it'll happen. And those are the success stories when they come back and say, I got the role. 
But the other thing I always say to them, no matter if you get promoted or not, make sure you ask for specific feedback. And I, I coach them how to do that. Therefore, when they come back to me and say, I did it, I am the next CFO. And I'll ask them, why? What, what was in the interview that they said? And it will be all feedback around anything about their messaging that we help them create, the, the, the strategy they think through their messaging on the fly, their delivery. That's a very, very common one. I'll give you one more because it just happened. It's a leader at a, a large airline that we're all very familiar with. She is in kind of the next, the high potential, right? The high potential. They want her to be the next leader. However, <laughs> it was always the, the transition. However, she's really long-winded. She walks into the boardroom. We know she knows her stuff. She has the knowledge. It's hard to follow her. She gets so caught up in the weeds. She has no idea no one's following. Through the coaching, the mentoring, we literally did a review call, a post call today with her and her leader. And her leader said, she has raised the bar so high for me that I feel like now I need mentoring. And when I asked her leader, well, what do you see in particular? She goes, our 60-minute meetings, we can do those easily in 30 minutes because she's so thoughtful now. Wow. And she has really shortened her messages. I mean, those are the success stories because I think I still think this. After 21 years of, of running this company, communication is a soft skill. It's seen as that. It's seen as, come on, you know how to communicate. Seriously, you've been doing this all your life. Until someone comes in and looks at the pro athlete and says, I know why when you swing the tennis racket, What's preventing you from just elevating one notch up? And that's really where we sit. Love it when we can work with someone who's already really, really good, has the credentials, coming in from a set of eyes that no one has ever given them. Because who's going to tell the CFO, you take a long time to get to the point. Those are conversations that don't happen as often. That's where we come in to really start showing them the, the changes, the blind spot. Maybe that's the way of putting it. The blind spots they don't even know are there that's preventing them from being as effective as they can. I want to hear a little bit more about this recipe for success to help because that is music to everyone's ears. Any leaders, you're getting the 60 minute meeting down in 30 minutes. People, yes. wow, you're brief and not too long winded. What are some of the what are some of the ways that you help folks transform like that? Because that is a transformation. That is a transformation. There are approximately eight behaviors that we teach. I won't go through all eight. The top two that I think we we completely take for granted and it diminishes our influence are lack of brevity, Anthony. We get into these meetings and we forget your listeners really don't have to be there. We forget they're there. Now it's your job. It's your job to make sure that they understand it, that you motivate them to take action versus all right, here we go. I'm going to go through my agenda. Being able to take your years of experience and to say, all right, based on who's in front of me, the time frame that I have, and the objective I want to accomplish, this is the message, not this. And that is really hard to do. So we give a lot of tactics behind techniques, behind how do you honor the brevity to give your listener a chance to constantly be talking and feeding you what they need. Then we also give them a tactic around a structure that we use 
to put together messages, even when you're doing it impromptu. Now, I said there was two delivery skills. Brevity is one. The other one is we just don't know how to build and cultivate to grow trust. So much of that, Anthony, is this will seem so common sense. It's not common practice. It's staying connected with our listeners that anytime we're speaking, whether it's here, virtual, or if it's in person, you only speak when you're connecting with a pair of eyes. That will allow you as the communicator to stay focused even bigger. It gives you a chance to constantly be reading your listener to make sure that they feel like they are the most important person in that conversation. That's a piece to keep them attentive, to keep them engaged, connected. Gravity and trust. I love that. I know we'll dive into some more in a minute. I want to ask you about um, a headline of one of your articles that I just loved. You said, uh, if I have this right, if you're being interrupted, it's most likely your fault. And I would just love to hear more about that. It really jumped out at me, Stacey. Oh, Anthony, anytime I talk about brevity and this power of pausing, how do you do it? Where do you do it? That that skill set is so common sense. No one does it. I would constantly get pushback. If I interrupt, I'll get interrupted. You don't understand my culture. We want it done right away. And I say to them, all right, you, you unpack this thought process. If you are speaking in short bullet point sentences, which is what we teach around brevity, if you're getting rid of all the extra words, the ums, ah, like, so, well, and only use words that are in context, you'll save yourself time. If you're using that pause, that time for brevity to think on your feet, you're constantly adapting your message on the fly to what lane your listener is on. All of that saves time and gets to the point meets your listeners' needs. If you're doing those three and you still get interrupted, it's a gift. Your listeners are feeding you. They're giving you feedback on what they need rather than what you think they need. You went over their head. They need an analogy to understand. They're bored. Skip key point two. Get to your close. They're intrigued, but yet they're confused. Start interacting. And people have have this misperception, if I pause, which does not mean you're talking slow, by the way, if I pause, people interrupt me. I I challenge your followers, if anyone's thinking that right now, is try this idea of short bullet point sentences, eliminate all the extra words. And silence, no, silence sometimes is the right answer. You just need to trust your competence that if you stop talking, you'll figure out what to say, what's important. If you're doing all that, Anthony... You've got to try that first. And then you determine if, oh, it's the pause. That's why they're interrupting me versus it's too much info. They're getting frustrated and it's not focusing on what's important to them. Absolutely. Oh, that's such a great reminder. So we're talking a lot about showing up in the room or showing up in the Zoom, but in today's world, you know, people are able to find information about us um, digitally (laughs) before they ever meet us. And I wonder if you can share a little bit about uh, how you advise leaders on how they show up in this digital, social, connected world that we live in. First, be consistent. If you're going to show up, and I'm going to use LinkedIn as an example, We do a lot of work there because that's where our leaders are. Our buyers are there. 
That's where most executives are. If you're going to show up there, then you need to be all in versus have your name up there, no photo. And there's never, there's never any activity. As a leader, I really do believe because of the world that we live in, and that's where everyone goes to check you out, to see what's going on, you need a presence. We're, we're in the midst of doing some hiring internally. And the first thing I do, I go to LinkedIn. And depending on what I see <laughs> determines whether or not I'm going to reach out or I'm not. And I know I only because I don't have the time. I'm guessing who has time where they don't know what to do with it and they're just going to keep searching for people. The, the piece now with social media, and then if you're really active with it, does it represent your true personal brand? Years ago, when this was when social media was really starting to come out, and I remember my social media manager at the time, Anthony, they said to me, whatever you put up there, that's like putting it right there in Times Square. And it just, that, that resonates with me. So that that's number one. Number two, I can confidently say, if you do any searching for myself, my company, my team, there is consistency. Mm-hmm. Everything is really consistent with who we are, our core values, our vision. That's really, really important. And there's there's too much of I see people hide behind it or they just get messy with it. I think it's such a great reminder, Stacey, because um, I, I sometimes tell leaders this story. I was at a networking event years ago and I met somebody who was telling me about his startup and, you know, seemed like a really quite a big shot to me. And then he handed me this business card and it was like flimsy and it was perforated. It had been printed through one of those yeah. things that you punch it out. And I went like, what? And it totally made me question his credibility. And when I you know, tell folks that they'll say, well, yeah, I would never, I would just say I'm out of cards. I would never bring that. And I say, yeah, you'd never bring that physically. What does your digital profile look like? Is your LinkedIn profile worthy of your status as a leader? Or is it kind of the equivalent of perforated business card where maybe, you know, you don't have the photo or it's a really old photo or it's, um, you know, the headline's not updated. It's your previous employer, whatever it may be. And then sometimes folks kind of go, oh, they realize that they haven't been paying much attention to that, even though that might be the first um, sort of point that someone meets them, right? They may research them and, and pull that up. So this idea of showing up Monday to Monday, I just really love that because it reminds us the whole week, wherever we are, whoever we're with, but also I kind of think of it as extending to wherever we are, even those places that people can come find our profile yeah. anytime, right? Yeah, it, it's so powerful. It's if you're going to do it, now you're out there. And it's still, it's still your personal brand. Some people do it really, really well. And I, I really follow those individuals, learn from them as well. Then there's others. Like, gosh, you either like come off of it for a while, <laughs> figure out your personal brand and what you want this to communicate, because that's it. They've got your photo, your activity, the messaging that's going on the profile. And how powerful is that? You have control over that. Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned, uh, and I think it's a really great point, the consistency, you know, of how you show up. And I know that in today's world, a lot of leaders you know, they recognize it's impossible to keep their professional brand 
completely separate from their personal brand because you know there's just just more shades of gray in how we all live and show up in today's world and from a consistency standpoint you know someone may be a CFO but you know maybe they're a a competitive athlete or a a cook or you know whatever they may in some places show up differently so what do you think about how folks can keep that consistency at the same time that they need to embrace these shades of gray where your personal and your professional brands overlap. I think you need to take a real step back and first identify it. What really is your personal brand? Now, the only way I know how to do that is to see myself. And I'm not talking about here where I can see myself right now along with you. I'm talking, taking my phone out, I'm on a sales pitch or I'm delivering a presentation of some sort. And I I just record myself. And the day that I did that years ago, the biggest aha was, whoa, I thought I came across this way, both verbally and non-verbally. Then I watch and listen to it. And I'm thinking, who would even want to listen to that? Like it was just so, so bad. And there's still moments. No one loves that. They're listening to themselves, do they? No, of course not. But it's the hardest things we need to do in life for our development that will always have the greatest reward. I I think that really is what separates someone who's a good communicator versus someone who's influential. The the influential communicator just took the uncomfortable step. Do that first and really take a close look at what your listeners are seeing and hearing rather than what you believe to be true. And if you want to take it to another level to really figure out what is my brand, you have to figure that out first before you can figure out how do I be consistent with it. Ask for feedback in two places. Someone in your personal life that just knows you inside and out. Someone in your professional life who's willing to give you constructive feedback and also has had some interactions with you because that needs to be consistent too. It's hard to be one person in your personal life and one person in your professional life. Anthony, once you figure out that... It's kind of like going to the airport. Most of us know where we're going by the time we get to the airport. Most of us do, right? This is the same concept. We want clarity. Once you figure that out and you realize, oh, I want to make sure I come across more empathetic. I want to come across more trustworthy. Now the process starts. And you're really always paying attention to how am I behaving online? How am I behaving when I'm in person? My professional life, my personal life, this will be the trigger because the more you watch yourself on playback, the more of a self-discovery you're doing. You're so aware that when you're on a Zoom call, you're realizing, wow, I'm really long-winded here. My next call, I'm going to go back to the consistency of brevity, listen more, talk less, or whatever it might be. This though, without this, I'm not sure how you can remain consistent. Because there's a big disconnect of how I'm feeling right now versus perhaps how you're seeing. To some degree, there's probably a disconnect. Because we're always going off of our feeling rather than reality of what our message, how it lands, how people experience us without doing a real quick self-check. Consider this. This is the eyes and ears of your listeners. Great advice. I think that reminder to record yourself. You know, I remember in a college speech class, we had to do that. Everyone kind of grumbles about it. And then I think a lot of folks think, okay, well, that's, that's over. And what I've learned from you, Stacy, is that even some of the top, top leaders 
rehearse, practice, record themselves, ask people for feedback. Those things, we don't leave them behind, uh, you know, from, you know, when we were in school, the really successful, influential leaders, they practice those things behind the scenes yes. throughout. We just don't always see it because they're on stage and we don't realize what they're doing behind the scenes, but they're doing those things. That's right. I, I use the example a lot, Anthony. There is a documentary on Michael Jordan. It's titled The Last Dance. If you think of Michael Jordan or whomever comes to mind, that is deliberate practice all in all the time, right? In the documentary, Jordan talks about how he would make 1,000 shots a day, wow. 6,000 a week. Exactly what you just said. Jordan went on to say that what gets rewarded in public gets practiced in private. I'm working right now with a humor coach. I literally had my coaching session before this. And I had asked him, he's very successful. I mean, he does it for a living. <clears throat> he's been on America's Got Talent. He knows what he's doing. I had asked him, what are the top three pieces? I have to refer to my notes because I just had the conversation. What are the top three action steps you take? Or what's been really the behind the scenes to your success? And he said, first, I truly, truly, really, really love and enjoy telling jokes, hands down. He goes, I also had to figure number two, I had to figure out how to be authentic. That his name is Mike. The Mike that is with friends making jokes and family, I had to figure out how to bring that onto the stage. Again, consistency. That's all he's saying. Number three, shocker, practice. He said, the last thing I ever wanted to do to myself and to my audience, hop on stage. <clears throat> I'm not confident because I haven't done the work to deserve the right to be there. Now, what I'm saying <clears throat> is what's so great about growing your influence you don't need to carve out, I mean, you can, you don't need to carve out one o'clock every Tuesday for an hour to just practice. Every interaction we have is an opportunity to practice. That's the power of communication because it's the core to everything that we do. The next Zoom call, think about your brevity. If you're at the office, the next hallway conversation, think about what your hands do. I mean, there's... There's so many opportunities in our day that can start to add up to Jordan's 1,000 shots in a day. Yeah. It's like, like getting your steps in. Thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, a lot of leaders are looking for ways to break through the noise in today's world and get their message out. And it occurs to me, you know, you have a really tough job because you only work with leaders and those are the folks who are busiest and, you know, it's hardest to get their attention. So, um, and you can't be with them in person in a session or even, you know, on a one-on-one -on -one Zoom all the time, but you have to right. continue to, you know, get in front of them and to make sure that you're top of mind. I wonder if you could share some of the tactics that you have found, Stacey, um, whether it's on the marketing side or whether it's just engaging the leaders that you work with to, you know, continue that drumbeat and make sure that you're having the influence that you want to have with those influential people. I think the comment that I had made about every interaction is an opportunity to practice. That's the one that resonates with all of them the most. Before they come to me, they're thinking, I have a big investor meeting. I have to practice. I, I have a big presentation coming up. I have to practice. 
And where I share with them is we're going to take a step back here first. You're going to start looking at just your conversations with family and friends. These conversations where it's with your team, you, you do it once a week, every Monday. Then I start showing them how, well, literally, if we take one skill or technique that I'm coaching them on, they're thinking about it in the conversations they have in a day. This leader may have eight Zoom calls and they've had a chance to practice eight times. Now, what also will happen is I know that if I say to them, just think about brevity for the next 10 minutes in your next Zoom call, they can't just think about it for 10 minutes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right? It's suddenly, it's just, it's swinging the tennis racket over yeah. and over and over, but you never have to go to the tennis courts. That that piece is what really resonates with people. When I say to a busy leader, you don't need to carve out time in your day. You're going to carve out this. We're going to look at every conversation you have coming up and what's the one skill or technique you're going to think about when you're leading this meeting. So all we're doing is the key to success really is momentum. It's momentum. It's repetition. That's why I, I do a lot of sports analogies or I talk a lot about muscle memory. It's the same thing here, yet we've never really given it thought. So that's one. The second is definitely this, Anthony where I share with them, you have how many conversations? The only thing you have to do is you have to enter your passcode and press record on your camera. That's it. It is. That's it. We've got to make it simple. And number three is they commit to what I refer to as accountability partner. Someone that they trust is going to give them the truth. How do they work with that person for the next 30 days? Because in 30 days, you're going to be able to tell I picked the wrong accountability partner. I need someone new. Or yes, this is the right person. It's like if you've ever had a personal trainer where you meet someone every morning at your doorstep for a good run, you know that they're waiting for you at 5 a.m. You will be there. So there's a lot of those techniques or even I'll say to them, okay, so every Monday for the next four weeks, you're going to lock and load an action step that you're going to commit to all of that week. Because what we write, we invite in our life. Mm. And, and I am like every leader, anything I give them, I have I have practiced it. I have tried it to make sure it works. If you could see in front of me right now, my round light, my monitor over here has tons of post-it notes around it. And it's feedback that I continue to get from my team, my coaches, because we need it, that, that friendly reminder. So sometimes it's the really simple techniques that are not adding more time in your day. It's looking at all the conversations you're really having now yeah. and how do you practice in the moment? I love that line. What we write, we invite. I have not heard that one. That is Good. excellent. And you know what you're saying, something that really stuck with me is you say, okay, oh, I have a, a big presentation. I got to practice now. And it reminds me sometimes people say, oh, I need a new job. I better go network. And it's like, well, wait a minute. You you right. probably should be networking all along rather than wait yeah. until you need something because not only is that a little bit late, but it also makes it really transactional, doesn't it? Versus practicing in your interactions, thinking about how you show up when you're texting your family and you know, just bringing this level of intention. Um, to me, it seems like if you can help folks to do that, wow, what an impact it will make in the, across their entire life, not just personal, but or professional rather, but also their personal lives. That's when you really start 
peeling back communication. It is the core to everything we do. It usually is the number one issue when a company is sharing with me their challenges. And we really start asking the right questions. You find out it's either a lack of communication, it's communicating the wrong message, or it's communicating the wrong body language that's distracting the message, now making everyone guess, do I really believe you're telling me the truth? Do I really want to trust and follow you? It's powerful, especially now with the many mediums that we can send a message through. It's it's a little ironic that we're more dis- we're more connected now than we've ever have been, yet we're disconnected more than we ever have been. Yeah, it's sort of that uh that tension that exists, right? Yes. Um, yeah. Somebody shared something with me the other day around technology that, that I thought I'd just add here is um, you mentioned like reading your email or your Slack again to see how others would interpret it. And an executive said to me, if you're not using chat GPT to input something and say, how might this be received to get feedback that this might have a negative tone or it might be that you're missing out on an opportunity because it's a free focus group in that way. And so that idea of being disconnected and connected, maybe we can leverage some of this technology to give us feedback. Uh, maybe it can be an accountability partner in ways to to help us understand yeah. when we might need to rephrase something to be interpreted differently. Right. I think it's, because this is all, when I even hear this conversation with you and I, I use the line a lot, what is common sense is not common practice. Mm. It's usually the items in our life that are so common sense that we don't put the focus on. They are also usually the hardest to do. And when we work with leaders, they will always, I've never, I don't think I've ever, Anthony, had someone say to me, wow, this was easier than I thought. (laughs) It's always the opposite of, this is so much harder than I thought. It sounds when you when you tell me how this mentoring was going to work, it just sounded so simple. Mm-hmm. Like, well, because you have to physically do it. And that's where the practice comes into play. We we have a model, Anthony. You you read it in the book. It's called the influence model. It's a triangle with several, I call them commitments inside the model. There's three key drivers around the model feedback, practice, and accountability. And when those three are not constant, we'll we'll continue to go off of how we feel. I know my topic. I've talked about this before. I've been in this industry for a long time. I'm comfortable with this customer. Be careful with this idea of comfort, years of experience that determine the level of influence we have. That's not usually the case. I think that is such a good reminder that when you feel like you're in that comfort zone, it actually can be a danger zone. And, uh, uh, you know, I love the model in the book. I think it's awesome. Um, I wanted to, to ask you sort of, as we close here, I know that a lot of leaders, a lot of our chief influencers, they tell us that they don't always get the best inspiration from their industry peers, but instead they find inspiration outside of their industries. And you know, you're you're um among one of the top speakers in the world, so you get to hear all these great speakers outside of that realm. I wonder 
where do you find inspiration that you're able to bring back to your own practices and to the leaders who you work with? Yeah, I, I guess it's a, a benefit and a not such much, so much a benefit because of the line of work that I'm in, I'm constantly watching. Right? My family always teases me. They're like, oh my goodness, can you are you able to shut it off? I'm like, I am, but I'm so intrigued with body language. Surprisingly, where I get the inspiration is just being out and about. When I, I travel, of course, a lot for my work, and I'll check in a hotel, and it'll be way that that person interrupts with me. They pretend, not pretend, they come across as I am the most important guest in their hotel. And they welcome me and they make me feel so comfortable versus walking up to that hotel desk. It's midnight. I've had a long day of travel. I've got to get up early. And it's like, can I help you? Seriously? Do you have any idea what I just went, right? Or you're sitting in a restaurant we had someone just this weekend, I live in Chicago, I had family in town and we walked into this restaurant. And of course, I'm thinking, oh, I want this to be a really, really good experience for my family. They don't come a lot to Chicago and it, it could not have been better. This waiter found out what our names were and he remembered them. Now, keep in mind, he's waiting how many other tables and I didn't see him ever write it down, right? And anytime he talked to us, he would look us dead in the eye. My niece has tons of allergies. He was so in tune to her when he said to her, I've got you. I totally have your back. And then anytime he'd walk through the menu, he would look at her and say, that's what you don't want to order. You cannot have that on the menu. The experience is what is so critical. And I'm really watching, well, what is it about the service industry that really stands out? And it's someone that you feel like, wow, they really do care that you're there. You just have this level of trust, whatever they tell you. And yeah. it's the experience. I want to go back. Like anyone that I have coming in town again, I remember his name and I want to call over that restaurant and say, we'll come if he's our waiter. Yeah. Put us in his section. I yeah. love that example, Stacey, because it just shows how one, you can be really present to this and that that can, you know, I'm sure in, in that moment when you're recognizing that from the waiter it's also reinforcing your own behavior of thinking about how you show up Monday to Monday and, you know, what you're doing in oh, those yeah. interactions. Um, so it's pretty cool that you've been able to just incorporate that fully and have that level of attention. Um, and it, it has a ripple effect, doesn't it? Influence it the work does. that you do. It just ripples out and affects so many people. It does. It does. And, and please, you know, I make my mistakes. I have fall and so many times I will continue to fall. I always tell myself as long as I don't make the same mistake, I learn from it. It's it's little things I'll notice when I travel. I don't know what their story is. And I always say I got this from one of my coaches a number of years ago. He had asked me, you know, what my personal brand is. And I and I shared with him and it was everything for me. I just want people to trust me, have fun with me, and, and they know that they can rely on me. I'm consistent. He goes, no, no, no. What really is it? What really is it? He just kept pushing and pushing. And I said to him, you know what? I got it. I want people to feel like, wow. They just want them to have a wow experience with me of someone I want to hang out with. And, And there's times when I show up at these big events and I've met my buyer here. And that's the advantage of the, the video. I met them here. And I'll walk into the event site for our rehearsal before everyone else shows up. And they'll say to me, you're the same person that 
we met on Zoom. <laughs> the fact that they're saying to me, saying that to me makes me believe they don't have that experience with everyone. And in your world, it's the highest compliment. It right? is especially high. from you where we started is. when you had a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde experience with one of your clients. You know, the fact that you're able to show up we would expect it Monday to Monday, yeah. uh, you know, with influence. That's what you're all about. Stacy. I am so grateful that you were able to join us and congratulations on your recognition as a chief influencer. Where should people look for you if they want to follow you and get more information about you and Stacy Hunky Inc.? Yes. Super, super easy. Just need to Google my name and it's Stacy with an E-Y, H-A-N-K-E-I-N-C, Dot com. We are all over social media, go figure, right? And we're constantly pushing out resources and concepts and ideas, lot of, lots of complimentary resources on our website for whomever, depending on what they're currently struggling with or what they want to enhance and grow. And all your articles on Forbes and elsewhere are great. And I highly recommend your books, but especially listen to if, you, if you're into audiobooks like me, Influence Redefined, um, because I just think the narration is great and it just really clicked with me. So thank you for what you do. Thank you for being with us today. Oh, thank you. Thanks again for trusting me and the, the impressive list of followers that you have. I told you earlier, this is like one of the, the easiest, the best parts of my day. Wow, we really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Chief Influencer, a production of Social Driver and the Communications Board. If you know a leader who should be featured as a chief influencer, please nominate them at chiefinfluencer.org. For show notes and more, visit us at chiefinfluencer.org or follow Chief Influencer on LinkedIn. Until next time.